God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. Hello, and this is Scott Adams. What's going on there, Scott Adams? <laughs> this is Scott Adams, and you're well, you're listening to the Scott Adams Show, and I'm joined by Leonora Cravota. <laughs> did it, did did the opening catch you unawares? <laughs> no, I was uh, playing this clip uh, in China. Uh huh. And um, do tell tell us more about that. <laughs> well, let's see. I, I think I can get it. Uh, so, in any case, China's not getting off to a great start. There's no one in the stands. No one's allowed to talk. Um, our own politicians here in, in, in our country are telling us to be silent, uh, to, to worry about China. It's pathetic. So um, here's this uh, news coverage. And this guy is being harassed by the authorities uh, for doing a live shot. And they're going to try to stop his uh, presentation. So I thought that was kind of funny. You know, this is the this is the launch of the uh, the Chinese Olympics. <laughs> right. And supposedly, I mean, I haven't looked at the ratings, but I've heard anecdotally that there isn't that much interest. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's take a listen. Right here. Let's see. So the guy's getting dragged off. That it's more visual than it is audio. That's why I was, I was trying, I was trying to stop it, stop the uh, the audio from playing. Yeah. Uh, and for some reason, it wasn't stopping. The Chinese were were overriding my powers. <laughs> so that's why you were laughing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was in the intro of our show yeah. as we were going live. Um, but uh, this is what Nancy Pelosi has to ta- say to people. Let's, let's take a listen. I would say to our athletes. She's so brilliant. You're there to compete. Do not risk 
incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. I would say to our so so stay silent. Yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So we're so we are being suppressed. Yeah. The, well, the, 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 there's a virus that is still raging in our country that uh, she refuses to have a hearing about. Yet we need to be quiet. Yeah, and then not only that, but um, they're censoring us anyway. Yeah. The truckers, for example, the truckers, uh, had, you know, that are in Ottawa, which is the you know the Canadian capital. Yeah. That's the equivalent to our Washington D.C. They um, they they were banned on Facebook. Yeah. Why would the truckers be banned on Facebook? They, they didn't commit one crime. Just like on J6, the Trump, the people that wanted to, that attended uh, the Trump rally didn't commit any crimes. It was the uh, infiltrators that committed the crimes. And new video footage there is showing them escorted. We just uh, reported a report um, yes, uh, a couple of days ago about the 20,000 pound doors that were magnetically closed that you couldn't uh, plow down with a bulldozer and they were open from the inside through a code. So they were let in. These people were let in, you know, to J6. And I think it was coordinated. Nobody wants to uh, investigate or ask questions about Ray Epps. No one wants to investigate or ask questions about the J-5 bombers. Um, they, they were planting pipe bombs everywhere. So it's a, 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 an obvious ruse to use for political, uh, use as a political weapon. Uh, and that's what they're going to be doing uh, with immigration now. Yes. And uh, trying to uh, warm the hearts of Hispanic voters uh, and scare them into thinking, oh, well, they're going to be thrown out. We want to provide amnesty is what Kamala Harris has been saying lately. Um, never mind the fact that the people that are coming through the southern border are coming from about 80 different countries, not yeah. the triangle. Right. So Because they've you know, heard it's easy to get in. That's what's going on. It's like she's she's down there with like an Inspector Crusoe. Caruso. It's Inspector uh, Clouseau. Uh, Inspector Clouseau. And she's down there with a magnifying glass in the triangle. And she's looking for evidence that, of the root cause. But the root cause is in Uzbekistan yeah, and elsewhere, Russia and Ukraine and all the other places where the globalists mess up things. You know, we've talked a lot about the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. I blame the West. I blame the Western politicians like Lindsey Graham that fleeced Ukraine and his cohort and his best buddy, Joe Biden... And Hunter Biden and all these different people who went to Ukraine because Ukraine was uh, uh, poised and ready to pay, to pay off politicians. Ukraine, basically, we have a brochure that says, welcome to America. We're going to give you a path to citizenship. And somehow Kamala Harris thinks that that's going to be a deterrent 
for more people to come to America. Right, because this path to citizenship is going to be a deterrent? No. The it's legal, not going to solve the problem. The, so, so, she, so the path to citizenship, is, you know, a legal path to citizenship is the deterrent? Yeah, that's not a deterrent. But you know, the other part, though, you know, is the Ukraine part. Yeah. Is Ukraine made it clear, just like we put out a brochure that says we're going to give you a path to citizenship. Ukraine put out a, a uh, notice that says any politician that's willing to play ball for for us, we're going to go ahead and make their lives rich. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be through Burisma. That's going to be through all kinds of different oil programs and, and weapons programs and all kinds of different things. Uh, if you supply us with some weapons, we're going to give you a lot of cash. We're open for business. And I believe that that's what Amy Klobuchar and John McCain and, and Lindsey Cram were doing on twelve thirty one sixteen, while Trump was in transition, there's photographs galore of these people, you know, basically doing a weapons deal in Ukraine, getting what uh, awards from Latvia and Lithuania, uh, hobnobbing with the leader of uh, Dursik from Montenegro, and uh, they have friends in Cyprus and elsewhere for money laundering uh, schemes. Because when they get the money, they have to launder it. And then the investors, like owners of baseball teams and football teams and and other types of billionaires and millionaires in America who put up the upfront seed money to get these black market deals working, all of that that's where we were with Ukraine. But the promise the promissory note has come due. And Ukraine, who never would have been admitted admitted to NATO, is now considered a candidate. And so Russia looks at that and says, well, they're an existential threat to us. Because if you're going to put NATO missiles 100 miles off the coast of Moscow, uh, we're going to go ahead and put missiles and point them right at Washington and Miami and New York right off the coast of Cuba. And... Uh, how do you like that? And we've already seen, you know, what happens with the missile Cuban missile crisis. Yeah. So these politicians have caused this global mess in the world. All the all the crimes and all the inhumanities that are going on in the Taliban. We could have gotten rid of the Taliban with ease, just like we did with ISIS underneath the leadership of Trump. But we wanted to we wanted to prolong these battles because they're a conduit to money through the military industrial complex. They just start shooting rockets up in the air and we supply them with more weapons in exchange for oil. And again, the four currencies, oil, weapons, humans, and drugs. And humans could be for sex slave, sl- slavery or sex, sex trade or slave labor. Mm-hmm. And and that's what uh, Cantum, uh, Enos Cantor Freedom. Freedom. Yeah, yeah, I like that guy. He's really well spoken. And, and had he to has say about personal experience with all this. Yeah, and what he said about in response to Nancy Pelosi was profound. No, to- totally. I mean, you know, so, you know, he again, he is a great spokesperson because he has personal experience with having his freedoms curtailed. And because he's an athlete, I think there's... Oh, he's a Muslim. And that, he's a Muslim. Uh, escaped 
Turkey. He escaped Turkey. I mean, there's so many, so many things that he has in his background where there are a lot of people who have never experienced any of these things and they are, you know, they're speaking, you know, so he was talking, in an uninformed way. So he was talking about this uh, Chinese basketball player. He yeah. says, come to China. I'll show you around. It's a great place to live. It's like, yeah, but when you show me around, uh, let's make sure we go and see the Uyghurs concentration camps. Or let's see what's going on with the attack on Taiwan. And basically what happened was the uh, Chinese basketball player censored him. Yeah. And so when we opened the show, I was playing this clip. It what I wasn't going to play it actually because um, it didn't it didn't it didn't present well uh, in terms of uh, coming across from a radio perspective. But visually, you know, it was telling. So, so we're not allowed to say anything. We have to wear masks everywhere, uh, everywhere, masks everywhere. And we've, we're learning every day that masks don't work. We're le- learning every day that the mandates don't work. We're learning every day that the lockdowns don't work. And yet we still have to deal with these guidelines. If I want to go out to dinner uh, tonight in D.C., uh, well, how am I going to get into the restaurant, Leonor? You need to show proof of vaccination. So that's it. So I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. Well, you know. So, you know what the big business is these days? Forging. Well, Forging that, these. Well, the, again. And you know how easy it is? I've seen your card, by the way. Yeah. It's easy peasy. So Well, and also they don't always look that carefully either, I understand. Yeah. Although the penalties for forgery for forging dollars. Yeah, but and they're worse if you're international. But what I but I but what I was starting to say is this is very similar to what you saw happen under prohibition. When when you put when you impose a lot of restrictions or you take certain freedoms away, people find a way to do something and they find a way to do it illegally. Well, they're selling them for $200 a pop online. And that basically is, you know, because they're not they're not tied to any system. It's a basic um, postcard. Uh, the, the the card is a basic postcard. Has a little scribble scrabble on there in terms of handwriting. Has a little sticker that's not put on straight. It's crooked. So you know, I look at your card and I go, I can reproduce that card in two seconds. You know, with a printer yeah. and a sticker, and it's a little handwriting. And make it look just like yours. Use the right lot number. No one's tracking this stuff. And you know how many people have fake cards? So what's that going to do with the, in the name of health? Already, the sample is contaminated. Yeah. So if the genie's out of the bottle and it's already contaminated, then, what, then, then that right there should be enough to say, there's no integrity here. This rollout wasn't wasn't done appropriately. It wasn't done correctly. Also, the fact that people now are required to do the tests, even if they're already vaccinated, means that they're admitting that the vaccines are unreliable. And you know what? I'm perfectly... What did you say about that again? No, the fact that you are being required, even if you're already vaccinated, to um, have a PCR test or, or a rapid antigen, antigen test, depending on the scenario... 
shows that they know the vaccines are unreliable. So here's what my oh, thinking is. Oh, you need is. a booster. So next year, yeah. what, what, what you're, can, whatever is considering you to be vaccinated isn't enough. Isn't going to be the same rules as this year. And this is the way I'm looking at this, Scott, because I know I've been, uh, I've been looking at this topic just also on the international front, is why don't we just give people the option of being tested? The testing is not arduous it's they're relatively easily obtained you can get you can take get at home tests you can make appointments for um the in-person tests at the drugstores you can you can follow the guidelines and get on planes trains and everything else with just testing and and if somebody wants to get vaccinated fine get vaccinated but give people the option because you know what you're requiring them to do the test anyway which means that you don't trust the vaccine all right so what happened was leonora uh got into a, a place where she ran across somebody uh, that may you know that may have uh, tested positive for uh, COVID, so she wanted to get tested. And the last time we went to get out these rapid tests, they they uh, weren't available. So next thing you know, we went out and we got these rapid tests. Um, and so because you and I spent some time together, yeah, and I was like. And I'm not the healthiest I've ever been in my life. No, that's an understatement, right? So, although, you, although you're doing better. And I'm not vaccinated. So went out and got these um, over-the-counter tests. Binax now is the one that Abbott makes. Yeah. I think that, and it's actually not the, the most expensive. It's actually the mid-range one in yeah. terms of price. True. Um, and I think it's the best. So uh, Abbott's, uh, Abbott's uh, Binax now is what we got. And we got four boxes, and you get eight. Yeah, there's two in each box. So, so that's, that's eight, eight tests. And, you know, with my health insurance, uh, I get up to eight free per month if I want, right? So go on and get these Binax now uh, by Abbott. Uh, they're a rapid test. And all that happened was, so yesterday we tested negative okay, right. on these things. But... Um, the way it works is you get them and you, you have a form you fill out and you send it in and you get reimbursed one way or another. Uh, it might take weeks, um, but you, you do get reimbursed. Uh, but the way this test works is it's a little square card. You open it up and there's a, you know, basically um, a, a, a thing you put up your nose, a suave, and uh, some solution you put in to a hole and you you know do a little poking and twirling it's unpleasant very briefly and you let it sit for about 15 minutes and voila you're uh, all set to go you get the test immediately now that test is not going to be a test that would be valid if you were getting on a plane going to some restricted nation Uh, but more and more like all the Nordic uh, countries like Denmark, Finland, well, that's uh, actually- Switzerland. I mean, not Switzerland, uh, Sweden, um, and all these other countries. Even the UK are you know lifting their mandates, and South Africa, of course. And you know what was interesting too is those folks, those countries on the list of countries that are uh, not recommended to travel to. Um, are countries that I think are, the globalists are punishing. Because Omicron, for example, came out of South Africa. 
South Africa has relaxed everything. And they were the ones that weren't really doing a lot of testing. And they were the ones that didn't really have that big of a problem. Um, and yet they, they were the ones being punished uh, because they were basically going out living their lives. And it was Europe that was getting all the Omicron. And yet there was no travel ban going to Europe, but there was travel ban going to South Africa. And South Africa is like, why are we being punished? Right. And you know why it was? Why? Because they canceled the Pfizer contract. They canceled their contract with Pfizer. And it was within a few days after they canceled their contract for Pfizer vaccines. Like, we don't need yeah. to be doing this. This isn't working. Yeah. So next thing you know, they, they uh, there's a variant that comes out and they issue a travel ban against South Africa. And then, you know, back when that happened about five weeks ago, uh, everybody was talking about the tweets that Biden once made about Joe uh, about Donald Trump banning uh, certain countries and calling Trump a racist and a xenophobe. And yet here's Biden doing the same thing, but for sinister reasons, because South Africa wasn't the one having the problem. It was Europe that was having the problem. And every other country that has massive lockdowns is where the problem exists. Like Israel, for yeah. example, had, you know, all I'm saying is is that I don't believe the lock. I think the lockdowns are making things worse. Well, no, well a couple things. The, lo- the lockdowns are making things worse, and it what's and what's going on in Scandinavia right now. I'm actually um, writing a piece about this. Is it is very interesting because you've got Denmark coming out as the first country to loosen all of their domestic re- regulations with regard to COVID, meaning you don't have to show proof of vaccination to walk into a restaurant, that type of thing. And also when you fly internationally, they will accept in 70, it's 72 hours for the rapid PCR test and yeah. 48 hours for the antigen test. Yeah, so that the PCR we is the one where you walk into a pharmacy, you get, uh, they do it. They send it out. Right. And how long does it take to come it back? Usually, it, well, depending on what it is, it's usually, it could take maybe a, a few days. But if you go, like some of the hospitals, they, yeah. they can do them that day. But 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 just to repeat what I was saying. Because you need that chain of custody. Uh, yes. But, yeah. but again, just to repeat what I was saying, 72 hours for the PCR test. So if you've tested negative in 72 hours and on a PCR test, you're fine. Or if you've tested negative in 48 hours on an antigen test, which is what we took, um, you're fine as well. Now, sometimes there may be some quarantine requirements if, you, if you've if you tested negative. And if you haven't tested before you got to the host country, you're going to have to test there. But well, there, in South Africa, yeah. even if you test positive, you don't yeah. have to quarantine anymore. Yeah, uh, It's only if you're symptomatic. Right. And that goes to the science. That was the science that we've known for 50 years, which is symptomatic is, uh, is more likely to spread. Asymptomatic is almost unlikely to spread. And what I find very interesting with Scandinavia is you have places like, as I was saying, Denmark and also Norway and I think Sweden starting to loosen the requirements a little bit. But Finland and Iceland, uh, last I checked, are, are still requiring the vaccination. So there's, you know, and you have countries like France and Germany uh, still requiring the vaccinations. So you could, I mean, you're going to see, I think, an evolution here because you know what's also interesting, Scott? 
Uh, there's been some travel surveys, and people are now ready to travel. And they are also ready to travel internationally. The cabin fever and the COVID fatigue has set in. So um, okay, 82% that, of people surveyed are ready to travel. Now, we know a lot of travelers, and we, we know some people that traveled and um, – they had to take a PCR test before they got on an international flight. Right. And it cost them hundreds of dollars. But there are ways. You need to find this out ahead of time. <clears throat> and what you'll need to do is contact your primary care physician and see about uh, and, and also contact your insurance company and find out what the, what the right path is for you to... Uh, Go about, like CVS, for example, has this thing called Minute Clinic. Yeah. So you could call them up and you could basically get a PCR test at the Minute Clinic with very little waiting. And you go, you get that test and your insurance. And because Minute Clinic is in network with my insurance company, they're in network, uh, which is important for me and my insurance. Um, Then, you know, you go to the Minute Clinic. You get the PCR test. Uh, they send it out. There's a chain of custody between the doctor at the minute clinic, you uh, are the, the the official or the professional, um, and and uh, the result. You know, so so you get the result that's good for the airlines. Um, and these are just the restrictions of some of the airlines. Again, uh, a lot of these countries, though, when they start to relax these. Uh, we're going to go back to the old days where you're not going to need to do all this nonsense. And it is nonsense. It truly is nonsense. So, um, you know, I'm not for it. But, uh, you know, that being said, uh, Biden went to New York City, did exactly what we predicted, blamed the gun. And I was like, huh, more people per capita have guns in Wyoming than have guns in New York and nobody's shooting, you know, up anything in Wyoming. Why yeah, is that? And there was this, just another shooting yesterday. Um, I think it was a teenager shot in a, in a store, shot at six people. And right. they were running for again, their lives. Again, a teenager. It's not, it's not the gun. It's not that the teenager got their, their hands on the gun. The teenager can get their hands on a gun no matter what. You know, the biggest problem with uh, this whole gun idea is you know it's just so flawed. Is uh, you know like like uh, where um, Kamala Harris is now blaming Congress for not passing laws instead of blaming her own nonsensical build the build the damn wall. Yeah. How hard is that? Just build the wall and you'll see the flood of people stop coming through. Well, the same thing is again the Democrats have a wrong solution for everything. So they go to New York in the wake of these big funerals, and they got this uh, situation where they're blaming the gun. But if you take away the gun from the law-abiding citizen, the only where are those guns going to go? Those guns are going to be found in the hands of the people that are going to violate every law in the books anyway. Yeah. I mean, anybody that's capable of murdering somebody, you think they're worried about a gun law? Of course, they're not no. worried about it. So the the criminals gonna, will have the guns. Yeah, and then they'll figure out a way. There's always an unintended consequence. They'll figure out a way to make a gun through a uh, pla- through plastic um, printers, you know, the uh, 3D printers. So they'll figure out a way, one way or the other, to get the advantage. Now they know that they're walking into a house 
law-abiding citizen that's defenseless. Now they're emboldened. And that's a problem right there. Now, of course, we know the answer is, you know, they need to reverse cash bail. They need to to, to fund the police. There needs to be the a, stop, a halt to the rhetoric of police bashing. Uh, we need to actually look at Black Lives Matter as a terrorist group, uh, be, you know, domestic terror, because that's what they are. They're a domestic terrorist group, and they've been told that they have every right to steal up to $950 worth of stuff in California because it's their right. Reparations. Equity. Remember we talk about equity and equality? Mm-hmm. Well, Kamala Harris, you know, put that ad out and I played the ad and it was the difference between equity and equality. Well, equity is affirmative action. That's what it is. It's not equality. Quality. There's nothing equal... Uh, when you actually base policy on skin color. And the same holds true with some of these Supreme Court nominees that Biden has put out there that have fallen before uh, the Senate, where the Supreme Court nominees, uh, this one Asian woman, was basically saying uh, that Asian men are were taking up too many spots in Ivy League schools. So therefore, there needs to be this quota-based system to level the playing field. Equity versus equality. You know, equality is all about having equal footing, but still rewarding excellence. That's equality. But equity is about, you know, punishing excellence and leveling the playing field as, as would China. Where everybody wear, has the same haircut, everybody wears the same uniform, everybody works the same amount of hours, and everybody gets the same low pay, while the government gets rich and powerful, and so that's the equity problem. And so this whole thing with guns, and the crime and punishment, is all about re- reparations, reparations, because nobody's ever endorsed reparations and got reelected. Um, so the point is, is that you're not seeing reparations being passed through Congress. But you're, what you're seeing is, is it's done through ignoring certain laws that are on the books and, ignore, and, and, and electing these DAs, these district attorneys, these Soros-funded DAs that are basically saying cash, no cash bail, uh, but if we could just get these violent offenders off the streets, so what we fill up Rikers Island or so what we fill up all these different jails? So what? If that's what happens. But, you know, the other part is, and nobody wants to ever talk about this, but the crime is predominantly black right now. And you take a look at the um, population of the black community. It's 15% of the United States. Yeah. And yet, you look at the crimes that are committed, and almost every time you see a crime where the guy's running away from something, it's this black guy. Now, there are white guys, and there's Asian guys. There's all kinds. It's not about skin color. But the fact that there is this disproportionate um, behavior, I don't, and I bet you it would be more, you, you, would have, you would have more of a common denominator 
if you were to look at their political persuasion, their political identity, rather than their skin color. Because I think that people that are more conservative uh, tend to take more responsibility for their actions. Uh, they, they tend to do, do right more than uh, the left. The left doesn't, doesn't have a moral compass. And so they violate all these things. Look at all these sexual predators in Hollywood. Um, but when you take a look at 15% of the populations committing 85% of the violent crime in America or the gun crime, that's a pretty sad story. And we're not allowed to say it because it sounds racist, but it's, it's, if the numbers are there, let's look at the problem. And I believe that what's happened is the problem is associated with reparations. People have been told that they're a victim long enough. Next thing you know, they're going to lash out and say, if you're not going to give me um, a return on, you know, if you're not going to give me a reparation for the crimes that were committed by the government uh, in years past, then I'm going to take what's mine. And I think that's part of the policy. And you know who came up with this theory? Not just myself, but in the same week that I first started talking about this, Victor Davis Hansen said the same doggone thing. And he's a, to me, he's one of the great thinkers. And he was talking about this, is that we got to look at this racial component, but not from a equity or affirmative action component, from an equality per- perspective where all men are created equal and should be judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And that we may not worry about what their color is. If they did the crime, they do the time. That's what we need to do. But because they've been told they've been a victim and because Congress never gave them reparations, they feel then entitled. And when the DA says, you could steal up to $950 worth of stuff and not go to jail... Well, then they're going to just basically say, I'm going to take what's mine. It was mine anyway. And they got this attitude that says the police are bad and that we're not going to respect the police and we deserve a reparation, even though uh, the politicians don't have the courage to make it happen. And so we're going to go ahead and take what we think is ours. And I believe that is the root cause of the crime. But yet Biden goes up to New York and there he is talking about guns as if they pulled the trigger themselves and as if that would open up another cottage industry of defenseless, innocent, tax-paying, middle-class workers in a, incapable now of protecting their families against a gun-toting street thug that wants to steal their flat-screen TV and their toaster. And all the money in there and all the jewelry in their house. Well, that's it. I mean, uh, again, we have we are not saying what's really going on. And every time one of these situations happens where there is a member of a minority group who commits a crime, we we in a lot of ways excuse it because we, we talk about their disadvantaged background. And while that is a factor, you know, people have been given the, the idea that it's OK to kill people because you you've been wronged in some way and that to me and we were talking about this before the show is another example of the erosion of our judeo-christian um 
values because you know you read the bible the bible says thou thou shalt not kill that doesn't say thou shalt not kill because you don't have a pair of it's okay to to b- blow Jordans. this off <laughs> yeah that's exactly my point you know you, you knew where i was going you don't ha- you don't have a pair of the fanciest sneakers you you know you feel deprived and so it's okay to act out i'm sorry thou shalt not kill still applies you're not allowed to murder anybody you're not allowed to commit other crimes you're not allowed to commit acts of violence and you can't justify any of your actions by saying I was wronged or I didn't get my fair share, etc. But unfortunately, the liberals are playing into this scenario by creating exceptions. You know, the turning a blind eye, there's a big difference between giving somebody a second chance and letting them think that their actions are okay. So, you know, somebody can commit a crime and they can be put on the right road by understanding the ramifications of their actions and taking steps forward to get better. And this happens most profoundly when the person is younger. I mean, a great example, as you and I talk about a lot of times, is Dr. Ben Carson, the former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. He, you know, if you you watch the movie or read the book he wrote, he was uh, accused of or knifing, attempting to knife a teacher, right? I mean, he attacked his mother. I mean, there were all these stories. And if somebody hadn't intervened and helped this young man he'd be on a really bad path we're going to go ahead and take a caller Uh, let's see caller you're on the air good morning how are you two doing all right morning this is Kelly Kelly from Nebraska right (laughs) yes it is great great to hear from you haven't heard from you in a while I know it's uh, it's been really really busy and, and I I enjoy listening, so I figure, well, I'll let you guys talk. But this morning, you guys are talking on things that just are, I don't know, it's just kind of, it's raising flags and raising my blood pressure. And um, you're talking about, you know, thou shalt not kill. If somebody wants to kill, they're going to do it. It doesn't matter if it's a gun or a knife. Abel killed at um came with a rock so um and if anybody has been listening to the news lately there are so many people killing children and they're not doing it with guns no you're talking about abortion i remember you were on facebook and you asked that question you said, what has killed more than anything, you know, and yep. I, I said, I said fentanyl. <laughs> Remember that? Yep. And I was wrong. Yep. You were right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and it's, I'm it's not abortion. talking just about abortion now either. I have read in the um, news site in the last week, a man um, killed his girlfriend and their two-day-old baby. They haven't found the body yet, but they're pretty sure the baby's dead. Mom's dead. Uh, man killed his three-month-old baby uh, recently. Uh, I mean, it's it's all over. These are these are live children now. We have no respect for the children in the womb, and now we have no respect for the children that are on the earth. Uh, there's a there's a little four-year-old, four or five-year-old little girl. In Pennsylvania, I believe. She disappeared two years ago. 
and and they're they're looking for her because she fell off the radar with the um, 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 child protective services. We have no sanctity of life. Our constitution gives us the right to life. Of happiness. It doesn't give us the right to be happy. It gives us the right to pursue it and life. It doesn't matter. If you want to kill someone, you're going to kill them. It doesn't matter what the instrument is. It's not the SUV that goes through the parade in Waukesha. It's not the gun that killed the two police officers. It's not whatever means those, those people took to kill their children. It's the inherent evil in the soul. And the only way to fix that is through the loving grace of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Well I said. I agree with you 100%. You know, um, thank you, Kelly. Thank you for uh, calling in today. Thank you for I've that. I've missed you guys. I am so glad that you're doing better. I love Leonora's voice. Oh, thank you. Once in a while, I love that. Was it, do you like um, the French? She, she, like, she likes the French. I speak. Oh, so. I see. Well, I'm actually probably yeah. going to be doing another um, article about the French election at some point. So we'll talk. We'll talk more, and I'll. <laughs> uh, je parle en français, plus. Kelly. And I'll speak in it. French more for you, Kelly. <laughs> Fantastic! I love it. I love it. You guys, I I pray that you that you stay safe this year. And um, keep fighting the fight. I mean, it's getting so bad. Um, you know, they're taking Dan Bongino off. They're going after Joe Rogan. You guys are going to be there. You are you are top of their list. Um, be be safe, but keep fighting. Keep fighting. Thank we need you. you out there. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. All right. Yeah. Have well, a wonderful day. Great call. You too. Thank you. Yeah. Take well, care. She does bring up a good point with all the censorship. We were talking about that earlier as well. You know, I mean, it's, what, what, you know, what's going on with uh, the Joe Rogan show and uh, what, 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 what's going on with Dan Bongino? They're trying to take his show off the air, too? Yeah. And then look at what they would, did with Parler. He was a big investor in No, Parler. I remember that. And, uh, you know, so many other things. And you know? he's a former police officer, so you kind of get a threefer there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to take one more, one more call here in a second. Um, I wanted to read this meme before we do that, and that is uh, that um, this meme, it was the best it, it, on Facebook. It did the trend of the, the strongest of any tweet at any Facebook I ever did. It says, uh, when they threw the first brick, struck the first match, destroyed the first statue, they should have been stopped then, shouldn't they have? And we have a guy named John who is on the phone. Uh, John, where are you calling from? It's Idaho John. Hi, Scott. Oh, hey, Idaho. Hey, yes. Hi, Leonora. Hey, there. Yeah, You're yeah, sounding you better we... all the time, Scott. Thank you. We've emailed each other recently. Yes, that's right. Yes, sir. I, what I wanted to talk about um, is a little bit of, slightly off topic, but I think it still has a lot to do with it. What do you think about um, Senator Lugin having that stroke, putting the Democrats, in the minority, do you think that's going to slow down everything to maybe not even getting a Supreme Court pick? Yeah, you're talking about the guy from New Mexico, right? He's from New Mexico? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know what to make of that yet. I, I haven't been following that story, but uh, 
Ooh. Hold on just really, really quick. Um, uh, we're going to take a caller here in just a second. Um, all right, so go ahead, John. Um, I, I don't know what how that's going to fly, but New Mexico, don't, don't they have a gov- uh Well, that might help in 2022. Was he up in, for re-election in 2022? I haven't followed it that far. I, I couldn't tell you, sir. And do they have a governor? Their governor, I think, is Democrat, right? New Mexico? Oh, yeah. yeah. So that yeah, would be the person. Is the, that is it. Yeah, so that then they would appoint a Democrat governor, I'm pretty sure. I mean, uh, they would the Democrat governor would appoint a replacement that would be a Democrat. Democrat yep. Senator. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they don't get charitable and say yeah. it's time for the other side to yeah. get a chance. <laughs> yeah, but John, but what else is on your mind? Part, excuse me. What else is on your mind? Uh, other than that, you know, I'm I'm really it's good to hear your voice, also, Leonora, and I'm also looking forward to your article about the French election because I'm rooting that. All the way, but that's that's pretty much all I wanted to make a comment about. I'll go back to listen to the show. All right, thanks so much. I'm sure we'll be uh, emailing each other soon. Take care. Thank you, sir. All right. And now we have a person. um, uh, Person, what's your name and where are you calling from? I'm Donna. Um, I'm calling from California. Oh, hi, Donna. Had the hanging up on me. Yeah, I'm I'm still praying for you, Scott. By the way. Thank but, you so um, much. I just wanted to tell you you can get vaccination exemption card. Some of the places let me use it. Some places I have to have a COVID test. But they've been now skipping the COVID test and let us come in because they don't have anybody in the restaurant. Well, you know, I've been trying to figure out how to get a medical exemption for all that I've been through this year. And um, i got to tell you, they make it really difficult. Um, you know, there's also religious exemption. And again, they make it so difficult. Like, there's got to be a cheat sheet out there that says, you know, just like what they did for the illegals that were coming up. This is your this is your uh, political asylum sheet. This is your other asylum sheet. Just say these words, do these things, and you will get the exemption you need. You know, whatever. I just paid. Yeah, I paid $29. I can't, my mind I can't think of the name. Sorry. You paid 29 for uh, what? Uh, to get uh, an exemption, vaccination exemption card. Oh, and wow. they just sign it. Okay. So, that's, yeah, good to, uh, that's good to know. Right. So I finally was able to get into a restaurant. At first they were saying, oh, you got to have uh, a COVID test too, and I don't want to take one. Yeah. Oh, here's my bus. All right. Well, Donna, thank you for calling. Thanks for calling. Okay, I'm going to let you go because I'm getting on the bus. Yeah, okay. all right. Take care. I'll pray for you. Thank Thanks you. So much. Okay. Need all the prayers I can get. Oh, we, got, we got loyal listeners that call us while they're commuting. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of John from Chicagoland, right? He, he does the same no, thing. No, no, it's, it's one thing to be calling while you're in a car when you're sitting there and you're, you're just a passive audience. But if somebody's actively Hustling navigating get- buses and trains and they're calling us, I, they, they, you, you get a special gold star for that. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, that's a dedicated listener, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love, the, I love this meme. When they threw the first brick, struck the first match, destroyed the first statue... They should have been stopped. And they weren't. And I added to that, and uh, mine wasn't as good as that meme. Um, But I said, 
If they treated the match lighters, statue destroyers, cop killers, and brick throwers half as harshly as they treated the American patriots who were entrapped by being escorted into the Capitol while rewarding Ashley Babbitt's murderer, Richard Byrd, Richard Byrd, turning a blind eye to Ray Epps and not acknowledging the pipe bombers on J5, we would all be in a better place today. Yeah. No, no doubt. So, um, there's a couple of uh, other things I wanted to do today, too. Uh, there was this one where it says, Tucker, uh, masks... Uh, masks don't appear to work or protection or protect children. We do know they hurt children profoundly. At this point, the only debate left is is not a debate over science. It's a about power. All right. So let's take a listen to this. Really um, this is going to talk about Good evening and welcome governor. to Tucker Carlson. Tonight you may remember governor that Glenn Youngkin, Youngkin became governor Youngkin. of Virginia last month. Youngkin was elected in part because he promised to let parents decide whether or not their kids wear masks in school. Voters wanted that. So true to his word, almost immediately after he was sworn in, Youngkin banned mask mandates in school. And no one was surprised by this, obviously. Again, he ran on it. That's how democracy is supposed to work. Voters want something, they ask for it, then they elect someone to do it, and then that person does it. So in Virginia, our system functioned perfectly, our democratic system. But there are still people in the state of Virginia who don't believe in democracy. And they're not QAnon people, by the way. They're members of the Democratic Party. They have no interest in what voters think. They have contempt for election results. They do what they want. And it turns out a lot of these people are now running the public schools in Virginia. And because they don't care about the law or election outcomes, they've refused to lift the mask mandates for children. So Governor Youngkin pushed back against this, of course, and the standoff wound up in court. Yesterday, the judge in that case, Louise DiMatteo, made a highly revealing statement. Quote, I'm not going to decide who's right and who's wrong on masking, she said. This is really about the hierarchy of authority. Well, exactly. That really is what it's about. After more than two years of COVID restrictions, there's not a huge amount of scientific debate over masks on children. Masks don't appear to work. They don't appear to protect children. We do know they hurt children profoundly. So at this point, the only debate left, as the judge pointed out, is not a debate over science. It's a debate about power. And here are the parameters. Who's in charge of your children? Is it you, the parent, or is it the teachers' unions? Who runs your country? Is it you, the voters, or is it unelected bureaucrats? Are they really in charge? So to be clear, this isn't really about masks. Those are the questions we're debating at this point. Janet Davidson has already made up her mind about these questions. Davidson is an assistant principal at an elementary. So, you know, I heard uh, I heard this politician say uh, that, that, that your children are actually uh, children of the community, not the parents. Yes, I, I, I'm sure they I, gave parents so much I joy to hear that ears. the state is coming for their but, children. But, you know, he's, he's also saying, you know, the state we're in, Youngkin said, Youngkin said, you know, we're not, uh, masks don't work, right? So next thing you know, I was out almost every day this week. I had to do something, right? And I went outside, and I haven't been getting out much, but lately this I have This week you been. were out a lot. <clears throat> and and here's the deal. I could not get over. 
I could not get over. I thought it was in 2020, uh, like a time lapse. It's 2022. Every single person I saw on the street was wearing a mask. I couldn't believe my eyes. Well, and they're not required. And I'm thinking to myself, take those doggone masks off, man. No, the, I mean, there's certain places you're expected to wear them. Lifts, doctor's offices. I mean, you know, there's a bunch now, of places. These are people walking by but themselves just walking, on the street. walking by yourself on the street, not necessary. You know what it is? It's once again virtue signaling. Virtue, virtue, virtue signaling, man. It's a ridiculous thing. I don't understand. It's not even good for you. Well, that's the thing. And with children, it's certainly not good for them. No, they, they, there's, there's been so many tests that indicate that, too. It's just frustrating. It's unbelievable. And then here's another one, okay? So then here's another one. So this uh, guy, Raheem Kassam, he's a writer, says, I mean, it's nice of you to cover it, Wall Street Journal, but seriously, sorry, weird stuff going on on my, uh, but seriously, pick up your pace. So he's basically blaming the Wall Street Journal for being late to the party. The Wall Street Journal finally says COVID-19 vaccines linked to menstrual cycle changes. <laughs> now, isn't that, isn't that the, the, the second uh, act of Bill Gates wanting to contur- lower the population or Jane Goodall wanting to control the population problem and the climate change people? We're going to have we we're going to need more time for this topic because yeah. I don't know how it's linked to menstrual cycles when not everybody is a woman or not no, everybody's no. menstruating. No, no, no. But but new studies show slight shifts in cycle length uh-huh. can follow uh, vaccination. Well, that makes so, sense, actually. Right. So U.S. government study admits COVID vaccines lengthens menstrual cycles. So that would possibly potentially have an impact. A lot of people on the right have been saying that the vaccines might have an impact on your menstrual cycle. They may be acting on your reproductive they, cycle. They may be acting like a birth control pill, which be, or um, which basically which would control populations, which controls point. populations. Exactly. That's a very interesting topic. Yeah. Well, um, so the uh, the National Pulse, which is a right, you know, fairly right wing. A publication came out with it on January 28th, 2022. Yeah. And the Wall Street Journal came out with it yesterday. So, or February 3rd. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the idea is is that they're late to the party. Um, Trisha Flanagan writes, Why isn't Joe Biden's false statement about Second Amendment labeled as misinformation? For the record, we're going to mute that for just a second. For the record, there's never been a single restriction on private citizen rights to own a cannon in America. Even under National Firearms Act, artillery, including cannons, were fully legal to own, still are. So, you know, Joe Biden said that yesterday. He's like, well, you, can't, you couldn't buy a cannon back then. Well, no, you could, I guess. You know, but uh, again, it's not the gun. It's the criminal. Yeah. And the criminal should be off the streets yeah. and thrown away in jail. Hey, that brings us to the end of our show, the Scott Adams Show. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcasts. And with that, my name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Cravetta. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye. Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C. But close enough now to see this mess. 
Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.